0: I've been here and this is the Black Country Blog, sharing the fact about everything that is mental health, disability and life in general. Here with me Kev Dillon and my partner in crime Lee Calman and today we're joined from uh, where I hope is more sunny than here France with Tristan from Speak Up on Anxiety. Now thank you brother for coming on.
1: My absolute pleasure, great to be here thanks guys for inviting me on. Always, uh, uh, always a pleasure.
0: And a massive Happy New Year to everyone. I know we're on the 18th, but I am you, so I hope everyone's happy. Well, now, we, as we saw, yesterday was Blue Monday. It's one of these things that we throw around because apparently it's the most depressing day of the year. But as we all know here at the BCB, we don't need a specific day to feel happy, a specific day to feel depressed or anxious. So many of us live with these conditions and you don't go, Oh, bloody hell, it's um it's um blue Monday or Tearful Tuesday or Weeping Wednesday. You know when you're in a funk. So what we've got to know, and if you know someone who's in a funk, having a wobble, that's when we should be reaching out. We don't just need these days to give a toss to reach out and help. Kindness is always an option. So if you know that someone is having a wobble, reach out. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to start it a bit different. We're going to start how we do our radio show every Thursday and we do our support group. We're going to remind ourselves of something we're grateful for. Now, me, being grateful. I'm grateful that all my family are well. I'm grateful that I'm back in my home at the Lions ABC. I'm grateful we had such a great um, session with Higgs listeners yesterday and it was brilliant doing what we're doing, going out and spreading the word. Lee, what are you grateful for, bruv?
2: Medicine. <laughs> medicine and pharmacies. So my daughter's been suffering quite lately, quite a lot lately with seizures overnight. And we we're very lucky to have a trial medicine yesterday and, and fingers crossed that all goes well. But you know, it's absolutely fantastic the research these pharmacies and, and people within that industry do to to provide us with these medicines that potentially change people's lives.
1: And Tristan, what are you grateful for, bruv? Well, wow, I think I'm really grateful for being here and just chatting to you guys. It's an amazing opportunity, and yeah, it's yeah, I'm really grateful for that. It's it's going to be great. I think we're going to have a great chat tonight, so looking forward to it. And I'm extremely grateful for it as well.
0: Well, if people do remember our, our long-time listeners, we had Tristan on about one year last week. One year, and so it's been almost twelve months since we had him on. So go back to our archives, find him eight on our YouTube or podcast and listen to it. And um, just to sum up, I mean, let's, let's talk about why you originally come on.
1: So, yeah, so basically I started this uh, channel on Instagram uh, almost at the start of like the COVID pandemic because I saw all these people really struggling with mental health issues. And it's something that, you know, I had to deal with for quite a long time. Uh, certainly, when I was younger, I really struggled with quite extreme social anxiety, and it's never gone away. Really, I just manage it now. I can, I'm, you know, luckily I'm pretty on top of it, but I still have my moments. And I just thought that I had to do something. There's so many people out there struggling, and you hear heard about all these waiting lists, people just not getting access to the services that they need. And I thought that. Maybe I can help out by just talking about my experiences, talking about what it was to, you know, go through all this anxiety, put it out there, and if I could just reach out to someone that's really struggling, they see a video that I put on or, some, you know, something I've written on Instagram, and it just helps them out. You know, I just wanted to do that almost. So I've been trying to do... Like just little short videos, just one a day, almost with a little bit of advice, and um, yeah, just doing what I could to help, really, because it was, yeah, just shocking how many people are struggling.
0: Well, uh, it is, and it's. Um, someone said to me the other day, and um, he said, "Until you are made of made aware of mental health, whether it's you personally or someone you love, and maybe before you is brought into a world, you might think it's like a cods, wallop, a load of nonsense." But when it when it is in your world, be it anxiety, depression, suicide, OCD, whatever it is, there's so many different loneliness. Once you've experienced it and you've had a taste of it, you start seeing it everywhere in
1: yeah. your place of work,
0: yeah. in the supermarkets, your friends, your loved ones. And you, you look at people and you go, you're not right, you're not well. Mm-hmm. But one thing I remember from our first, uh, our first interview is um, – just touching on it, and once again, go back to the lovely episode, talking about different stuff. But you give a different side to when our partners have had miscarriages. Yeah. Because because so many people, and maybe rightly so wrong, we instantly go to the, the, the female because she's cooked this wonderful thing in her oven, but they often forget about the blokes. We have to go straight back to work.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah totally so yeah it's something yeah that i've spoken about on the youtube channel and um not youtube channel sorry instagram account uh, it's something that yeah i've started to talk about a bit more really done some uh the missus and i did some work with the miscarriage association um when was that was that last year at some point so we did some work there and yeah i think it's 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 a real taboo subject and you're totally right that the guys don't sort of talk about it keep it sort of to themselves often and it was amazing really once I started talking about it how many other guys out there have gone through a similar kind of thing and you know they told me that they just kept things to themselves it was all about the missus it was all about you know the girlfriend the wife and they just had to deal with it themselves, and sort of saying that other people just really didn't understand, and they just felt that they had to sort of bottle things up, and you know that was really sad to hear. And you know I wanted to sort of try and chat to them, sort of say it's okay. So again, trying to be open and honest about it, putting it out there, is to almost encourage other people to say it's okay. And I completely get where you're coming from, Kev, with, you know, seeing people struggling. And it's so sad that you just think you you don't have to suffer in silence. Mm. You see people, you meet so many people that are, like I say, really bottling all this stuff up. And you just want to say to them, you know, it's okay. Just Mm. talk about it, you know, let it out. And I think a big way of dealing with whatever you're dealing with is letting you out, talking to someone about it, just almost getting a bit outside yourself, and it's only then that you can start to to really tackle it. But I think the more you bottle these things up, the worse you make it for yourself. Almost.
0: Well, this is what we started to like um, to break the stigma or to get these taboo subjects. Mm. It's difficult, and I think what we're doing now, the more we're talking about it, and honestly. Talking about it, having the thing like when I mentioned you coming on today, and I said he's been on before, and he's had these miscarriages, and I told two different people today, and they said, "I know," me and so and so, my partner, have had them, and I've known these people for a while, and it's never come a conversation, and but and I said, "It's a guy," and I said he's like, "Because you know, we always focus on the women," and maybe it's right, and he went, "Kev, when it happened to me, I know what you mean because it was everyone looks after the partner." And they might have asked me once, but that was it. it it's mm-hmm. like it's like when you you're at a funeral and your mom passes away or someone passes away. Up to the funeral, are you alright? I bet you're missing that. After the funeral, well, you're fine now. It's gone. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you you're ticked your boo. And often we forget that it takes two people to make a baby. It makes two mm-hmm. people, and even though we haven't made it in our tummies, we're envisioning a life before it's began. And when that's taken away that's the grief isn't it
1: yeah yeah that was that was something I really struggled with you can't you can't help but sort of imagine what your life's gonna be like and you start thinking ahead and you think you know you see right into the future you see the kid growing up and you, you know get a job get married all this kind of thing have kids themselves and you can't help but but do that and then when that's completely taken away from you it's really difficult to Get your head around. And almost difficult to explain to other people as well. And I think the problem we have as guys, you, you feel like you've got to be the tough one. You've got to be there for your missus. You've got to, you know, they're all there in pain and really struggling. But, you, but you're physically, you're all right. So you feel like you've got to try and take some of that off them by being strong and being there for them and telling them it's all right. But there's not, there's not many people that almost do that for you. You can't expect your missus to almost do it because she is really struggling. Mm-hmm. And with your friends and family, you want to still project this strong image that you're looking after, you know, your missus that you're making sure she's okay. So you, you think you've got to act this kind of way. And that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you're the only person that you can speak to about how you're feeling. And as I you know, said before, that's that's almost the worst thing you can kind of do, really. And uh, and that was really tough. And I'm so glad that you know, I was able to speak about it. And I think a big part of struggling with other mental health issues before, mm. you know, I almost recognised the best way of, dealing with these kind of negative emotions is to talk about it and sort of get them out in the open. And I was glad that I was able to do that. But I know a lot of people out there that, you know, when it comes to their day-to-day life, they may you know, not have any mental health issues at all, be completely fine. And then something like this happens, you know, doesn't have to be a miscarriage. It could be, you know, like you say, you know, someone dies in your family. And then straight away, you know, your mental health is really challenged. And a lot of the time, if you, you don't really know how to speak about your emotions or get things out in the open, I think, you know, people, you know, understandably stoke can really struggle. So,
0: Well, I think that like, we've seen this through the lockdowns and the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And everyone has got something that's going to tip them over the edge, no matter how, how, how tough or mentally tough or tough of a character you are. And I think a lot of us, like when we, and I have often said this, like we've lost our identities of when we're not working and it's mm. well, what is my place if i'm yeah. not a bricklayer if i'm not a boxing instructor if i'm not then who am i and often when we have to have that hard deep look at ourselves well what am i because when us three go to the pub now all right bro, my name's kev what do you do for a living we never go all right um are you a nice person are you are you are you vile are you generous we don't ask those we will almost make an assumption if they're a good person on what kind of job they do. Yeah. yeah, But when we, and I think we have to stop being more self aware. And then sometimes it's what we actually are, isn't the person that we actually show because I'm frightened of what you may think of me. So I put on a, you know, I put a mask on and I'm this other person and it's not until we can actually be comfortable with ourselves And I'm still on this journey myself, who's suffered with depression and anxiety and panic attacks on this journey. But what has helped me with all those things I've known is owning it, Mm. being aware when I'm about to go in the dark room of depression, knowing when I'm about to have a panic attack. And by talking outwardly and openly to everyone here, it has helped me and hopefully it helps other people.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was certainly the case when I really struggled with anxiety. I really didn't like who I was. I put on an image to the rest of the world, pretending to be something that I wasn't. I was trying to act like I was normal. But inside, I was sort of falling apart. You know, I'd have these, as I say, really suffered from quite severe social anxiety so going out crowded spaces I'll have these panic attacks I'll be sick all these different things and I hated that and I hated that about myself but to everyone else I just had to pretend no I'm fine you know there's nothing wrong and it was exhausting it just took so much energy to put on this front and I thought that I had to put this front on because I, I thought if anyone found out that I, you know, I struggled to get on a bus, I struggled to, mm. you know, go to the pub with my mates because, you know, I got too anxious. I thought that they would just like say, don't want to know, you know, you're weak. You're, you're an idiot. What's going on with you? I'd be, I'd, I'd have been completely ostracized. So I was petrified of being found out yeah. and, you know, I was able to put on this big mask for years and it was, as I say, it, it just took all the energy out of me. And I did, for a long time, I didn't even really know who I was, whether I was was this person that was just full of anxiety and couldn't do anything, or I was this person putting on this front. It was, it was really, yeah, sort of difficult to sort of get to the bottom of who I was. And it's only afterwards that I got help I started talking about it. I could just be a bit more genuine. And now I've got to the point where I swear, you know, I just wear my heart on the, my sleeve a bit. But maybe sometimes it's a bit of a bad thing. But what you see now is what you get. I hate the idea of putting on a front for whatever reason. It's it's just not a good thing.
2: But Justin, they- do, you, do you experience anxiety about doing your videos now? Because obviously there's a lot of people out there who... Um, I'd probably love to do something similar to, to what you're doing and spread spread the great message that it's, you know, it's OK to own up to these things and it's OK to talk about them. But the uh, and let's face it, social media is a great platform to do that on. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you world your oyster with it. But, um, the you know, they might be too scared because of their anxiety. Is there any do you suffer that? And is there any advice you could give anyone out there to to kind of get them over that if you do?
1: yeah I kind of I kind of still do. I almost get it's almost like stage fright now for me that I get all a bit anxious before it and I sort of build up this kind of nervous energy. And it's probably now I'm probably talking far too much. but when I actually make the video and when I put it out there, you almost feel that kind of almost release. I think there's a difference between recording a video and then just add it onto social media you know, um, because you've made it, it's just you and the camera, so it's not too bad. I think these live things are a bit more um, challenging, almost, you feel a bit more anxious about it. Um, But, you know, when it's just you and the camera, it's not too bad. And what I say to people is just see how you feel, get used to, if you, you wanna try it, just get used to making some videos, Get used to how you, you sound, how you, you know, look and all this kind of thing. And only when you're ready and if you, you know, if you're ready, put it on there and then just put it on there and forget about it. You don't have to look at it. You don't have to worry about the likes or, or people seeing it. As long as you're being genuine and you're putting out a message that's really good and, you know, is going to help people or it's going to help you by doing it. Just do it. Don't worry about anyone
2: else. I, I think that's one of the keys for me because I went into doing the podcast and whatever else, not really thinking about whether it helped myself, but what I found through doing it, it really did. It really helped mm-hmm. my outlook yeah. on life and helped help my depression, helped all those things. And I think that's one of the keys that you may be going into it to try and help others, but you, you soon realize how much it helps you.
1: Oh, totally. I've got I've got to say one of the, the, the big things with me um, making these videos, and it has been a bit like self-therapy. I've never really spoken about it before, and I was kind of thinking that it was about time. I wanted to help out, and I thought I'm ready to speak about it. I'm okay to speak about it, and it was just really good to, to start doing it because – I think I was starting to struggle when it came to the lockdown. I felt the kind of anxiety coming back, not knowing what was going on. Um, I think the, the, the big things with me was situations that I felt were out of my control. So COVID was like the biggest thing out of everyone's control. So I felt that anxiety sort of creeping back in and just talking about it and just getting you know uh, getting out there how I felt I think that in itself really helped me and uh, so it's almost like a bit of a bit of self-therapy almost and I think it, it's definitely had a, had a positive impact.
2: And it's, it's crazy how these things can kind of catch back up with you because I think about myself and I thought I'd kind of got over or, or, or uh, built up the tools to deal with anxiety and then then this week I've done my, my first session back up back at the Lions as a boxer and I've, I've been yeah. coming uh, it's probably been seven years since I've done a done a, a session as a boxer but I've been coming up here regular to do this regular to uh, oh not regular to coach but coaching every now and again it's it's my second home but I I mm-hmm. I, I had to check myself coming up on Monday and go because oh, oh, I could feel anxiety rising that mm-hmm. I was coming here mm-hmm. to to do to do that and I thought this is your second only what's the money I had to stop and and kind of reevaluate and go Lee you're being silly you know you know everyone up there you know what's going on you'll be absolutely fine um but it's funny how it can creep up on you like that isn't it when you think actually I'm doing I'm doing great here I haven't really felt anxiety for 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 a long time I'm doing really well and then all of a sudden and it can be something minor like that
1: yeah totally I totally agree it's it's interesting you point that I mean as a saying um I felt my anxiety sort of creeping back a bit in a different form over COVID. And I did spend some time speaking to, you know, speaking to someone about it and that really helped. Um, You know, I wasn't getting the panic attacks or the kind of, you know, wanting to be sick kind of thing, but there was, there was just this creeping feeling coming back. I was just getting slightly anxious about, um, you know, doing different things like going out, seeing people. I felt like my anxiety was sort of holding me back from doing things in quite a subtle way. So I started speaking to someone about it, and it's it's amazing how, like you say, Lee, that you, you think that you've dealt with something, but it's but it's never really gone away. And I th- I really do think that my anxiety always wants to sort of creep back one way or another. And um, you know, when you notice that, it's always good to
0: sort of try and do something about it. And, but I uh, think, I, I, think the, I think the key is, was me in air therapy when I go to therapy. What I have done in the past, I it's um, I go when I very very needs nice. like like when you you're back mm-hmm. your backs your backs twinging and I go now I'm alright. I'll you don't go until you can't get out of bed. And I yeah. think what we've got to do. Is know the telltale signs. Oh, oh! I'm going to go now, where I'm still capable to do something about it.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, yeah, and I think yeah, you you're so right there. And I think you can do some like simple exercises. One thing I learned, you know, when I was doing a bit of therapy recently, is to just sit there. I can really um, recommend this for everyone. Really, is just to name how you're feeling. When you wake up in the morning, it's really easy to just go, oh, I'm feeling, you know, pissed off today. I'm, you know, just feeling down. But rather than just accepting that, list out in your head. You don't have to write it down or say it out. Well, say it out loud. Just just to yourself, why am I feeling bad? Mm -hmm. And often there's always going to be a reason. It may be, well, it's raining outside. I've got stiff, you know, I've got stiff back from, you know, getting up. But listing out all the reasons why you're, you're feeling the way you're feeling. And you can, you can do it as well, why you're feeling happy. It doesn't have to be just about why you're feeling sad or depressed or anxious. Just getting in touch with your emotions by listening to that is a really good way of just identifying, you know, what's really going on. Because it's, as I say, it's so easy for us sometimes to say, oh, I'm just feeling this way. I'm just feeling sad. It's like often, no, there's going to be something behind it. What is it? And once you start getting in touch with that, you can make things a bit easier. I
0: think mean, that's something that we struggle as, as I don't know if it's just men or whatever. And you often say this turn your Lee, it's like, well, how do I feel? Well, mm. I, I feel a bit, well, I'm all right, you know. I'm getting older, I've got aches and pains, and I ain't slept as well as, you know, but I'm, 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 I'm all right. Instead of thinking, well, I'm feeling a bit down or... Why am I feeling down? Well, I haven't slept, or I haven't had the job, or my friends. I saw him in the pub and he didn't buy me a beer. And we don't really get into the nooks and crannies with ourselves. No. Well, why am I angry? What? What? Why do you want to go and punch his head in? Well, he made me feel like I'm a fool. He, he embarrassed me in front of people, or he he didn't accept my fear. And when we break it right then, because love, love is a pure emotion. Mm. Hate isn't hate. Mm. Is made of loads of different emotions, and I, I believe so is anxiety.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, why am I anxious? Uh, I'm anxious to crowd, but why? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I, I might get lost. I might know where the toilets are. Well, how about if I if for fall over? Or how about if I lose my daughter? And and then Emily back. Uh, Emily Barney from Gravy Banana, great woman. Once again, been on the show. We go through every scenario in our brains. Well, we're going to Lee's wedding. Well, hey, hey, We're going to get there. We're going to get a taxi. Well, hey, if um, my wife leaves me, I'm going to go to the toilet. And most problems that we put in in front of ourselves, there's often a solution. Yeah. But what our brain has done, because our brain doesn't know from fact and fiction, mm. everything, well, hey, if he comes over, hey, if he hits me, hey, if he kills me, hey, if I wet myself, hey, but... Our brain doesn't know that's fiction. So every frightening, worrying, anxiety bringing forth, our brain is processing it. So the part of the time I've gone to Lee's wedding, I've had 20 to 200 bad experiences at Lee's wedding. So sometimes yeah. when we put a bad foot in our head, put going, you're able. I better forget lost. I've got a mobile phone. Have uh, if I just yeah. ask somebody? So, if every problem, maybe just remind yourself there is always a solution.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's really easy. You know, I completely agree with you, okay? Eke, that we can just allow our brains just to run away with themselves. And we can be our worst, we're our own worst enemy there. Mm. And sometimes it is just, yeah, like you say, come up with those solutions. But sometimes it's really difficult for oh, us yes. to to tell ourselves that, and that's why it's so important to talk to someone about it. But it's getting over that feeling of, they're just gonna think I'm a prat by saying this. Mm. But once you get over that, and once you go, you know, look, I'm just feeling like this. And they tell you, it's all right. You can do this, you can do that. And then you realize, once you almost have that outside kind of feedback, I think that's a really sort of positive thing. It's when we get caught up in our own heads Mm. and that's, you know, that's when all, you know, the real problems start. And I think that was, that was always my problem that because I never told anyone what I was going through, I tried Mm. to keep it all in myself and almost those saboteurs in your head will be telling you, yeah, we, we're looking after you. We're, you know, we're trying to help you here, but they're really not. And it's, so difficult to come up with that kind of, you know, solution or you know that sensible thing to do.
2: I think um, again, Doctor Doctor Barney, when she came on, she she explained all that to us and kind of what we do. And she said the best way to really break it is is to turn them into a positive thought. So mm. uh, you know, hey, babe, I'm going to Lee's wedding and I'm going to have a really good time. And it's always easier said than done. But, it, you know, if you can start changing, the, changing the way your brain is thinking about these things, very soon you'll realize that you, you'll, you'll put your, yourself ahead of those thoughts and you'll be already thinking the positive thoughts. And also, it, you're doing that,
0: as I said, like, about our back and physio, you're doing those exercises before you have a panic attack because yeah. 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 no, I, I have panic attacks and they're horrible and it, there's no point in me and I, I don't know what often I don't even know why I'm having a panic attack. I'm sat there mm-hmm. on the settee mm-hmm. yeah. having a lovely, if it was uh, you're going to be burgled next week, I'd go bloody hell, but I'll get an hammer. It's it's no, it's no rational for, I'm just sat there and it happens. So there's no yeah. point in me then going, uh, well, think, think happy, think happy. I'm going to Lee's wedding. I'm going to see Trish and I'm, Because I'm in the fight then.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But if I know a twinge is about to happen, that's when I should be stretching my back, putting a water bottle on the back. So when you're feeling the twinges, that's when I should be doing the exercises to prevent it going. Because once it goes, it's gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Because this is it. I I do genuinely think that you can learn uh, positive mental health. You can almost teach yourself it takes a lot of practice, uh, but you can teach yourself positive mental health and you can ma- maintain it every day. There's things you can do. It's not a guarantee that you're not going to you know, feel anxiety, you're not going to feel depression, but it's just going to make you that little bit stronger when it comes to, to dealing with that. It's,
2: I, think uh, it's... I think as well, Trish, sorry to butt in, but it's also about yeah. just changing the language where you're speaking to yourself. because, of...
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You kind of go to yourself, I'm going to be positive this week, I'm going to be positive and you're putting yourself in a negative frame of mind by forcing it on yourself as Mm -hmm. well.
1: Mm -hmm. So, you,
2: you know, if you change it as, you know, I'm gonna have a great day today, or I might have a great day. To, you know, changing those those letters and not putting pressure on yourself to do something and just let it come a bit more naturally. Well,
0: wouldn't it be nice if I had a nice day today? Well, I'll yeah. feel better if I go to the gym and I even try to do a little bit. i I might lose a bit. Of, if we're kinder, so I was good. Well, you got to lose two stone, and if you, you, you if you don't, you're gonna have an heart attack, and your daughter's not gonna have a dad, and. He's going, well, if I go, I'm going to feel a bit better. My clothes will feel nicer and I'll be able to play football with And it's if we can talk to ourselves how we'd like to be talked to, instead of threatening that we're going to die if we don't do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Be kinder to ourselves. And Mm. if we have a a doner kebab or a cigarette or a point, it's not the end of the world. You know, it is what it is.
1: And I think I think that's it. You know, it goes back to us being our own worst enemy. That that it's really easy to just get into that kind of blaming ourselves. You're weak. You're this. You're that. You're the other. When you really don't have to, it's the worst thing. Like you're saying, Lee, that you can almost do that. Once you start putting that pressure on yourself, ultimately, that's how you know anxiety certainly is going to be growing. And same with depression. If you don't you know, do these things that you're saying that you've got to do. If you don't achieve them, if you only do it to a little extent, you're just going to beat yourself up and, you know, you're just not going to win. So it's it's pointless, really.
0: And this time of the year and this year, we've all made our New Year's resolution. Yeah. We're all broke and then uh, we, we've done really well and then you mess it up and you don't, you know. But I, I find this time of the year depressing anyway because we've had the... To come down at Christmas. And something mm. as saffed as, I love the build-up of Christmas because you've got the Christmas lights everywhere. And in the evening, you know, rough neighbourhoods, it looks pretty because the lights are out. And yeah. and then you go back to work in January, it's dark. It's colder in January than it is in December. You're broke. You've drank too much, you've ate too much, we have all put on weight. We're making these rules up because January is tough enough anyway, but I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to have takeaways. So I'm going to cut out all the things I really enjoy to get through it. Then I drive to work and all the lights. All these things build on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Instead of just thinking, I'm
1: going
0: to try and eat accordingly.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And, Yeah.
0: and, And if I fall off the wagon, never mind.
1: Yeah, 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 this is it. And I think the problem that we often have is not celebrating those kind of little victories. You know, we set ourselves a New Year's resolution. We beat ourselves up if we don't make it, say, to the end of January. Mm. And we forget about however far we've come. We don't celebrate that we, you know, gave up takeaways for two weeks, we gave it up for a week. That goes out the window because we didn't get, you know, to the end goal. It's a bit like these people we hear about who you know, go to climb Everest or something, mm. you know, if they don't make it to the top, you know, they beat themselves up and they, mm. you know, it's the worst thing ever. They forget about all that effort that they put in and how far they got. They don't celebrate that at all. It's mm. just the fact that they didn't win, they didn't get to the top mm. is the thing that they, you know, will never forgive themselves for. All the little positives go out the window and that's it's not good at all.
0: But we're focused on that you know and it it, we as a nation we as a global thing just because i failed doesn't mean i'm a failure you know the great thing about failing is i'm learning i'm always learning a new way of not failing next time it's another it's another road to hopefully succeeding
1: yeah and this is something i I really do think about any mental health issue um, is that ultimately it builds amazing mental resilience i I've thought about this with all my struggles with anxiety. Uh, at the time, I would have done literally anything not to, you know, be struggling with it. But now when I look back, I learned so much and I built such mental resilience from it. You know, I almost wouldn't change it. I know that almost sounds stupid, mm-hmm. but it, it made me so much more mentally stronger to go through all these things and I think that's it that so many people talk about mental uh you know health issues as a weakness but really there there's such a strength that if you're able to sort of get in touch with your emotions if you're able to you know survive and struggle through you know depression anxiety you're going to be so much stronger at the at the other end I mean Sometimes, you know, having these panic attacks, I I almost think it was like the same feeling as you get just before you jump out of a plane or something, or you're in a car crash. And that was me just trying to get onto a bus. Mm. And, you know, every day I was experiencing something that other people would just have once in a lifetime. Mm. But... You know, it just made me so much more resilient now and just so much more in touch with myself that you know, almost I, I, I wouldn't change it. And the analogy I like to use, it's almost like you know, when you go to the gym and you put on your, the kind of like weight vest yeah. or you know, uh, weights around your ankles, having it, it's a mental health issue is a bit like that. Everything you try and do in life is just that little bit harder. All you want to do is take the, the vest off. But when you when you finally do, when you when you get over it or you, you you get on top of it and you do take that weight vest off, you realize just how much stronger it's made you. And
0: sometimes, uh, sometimes a lot of talked with people with disability and mental health issues. And it can almost, they're going too dark, Like, it can make you begrudge and be a bit bitter against other people. You're thinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you you can just jump on the bloody bus. You, you haven't got to go through what I go through. Or you can just go shopping. And it, it, to you, it's just such a throwaway comment. I've just gone in there and got some biscuits. Whereas... As you say, I'm about to step in there with Alex Lewis and me all jumping for And I'm thinking, all I'm doing is going to get some bloody biscuits. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If, if you put a heart monitor on me, you think I was going to go and have a good hiding. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you can begrudge people, but it's not their fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. No. But you can find yourself thinking, why is it so bloody
1: easy for you and so difficult for me? I spent, I spent, I spend- right up until you know my late 20s feeling that almost for everyone and i did want to blame other people and i got you know part of me got so angry but it didn't help anything you know and that's sort of turning that around and realizing that i can use all those experiences now you know i can get in touch with how i'm feeling now i know what's going to trigger me i know that I can t- do what I need to do to sort of stop that from happening. I know what's going on with myself. So it's, it, you know, I know it sounds almost that, but it's it almost, yeah, it makes you stronger. It's, it's good mental training. And, uh, you know, if you're able to, it can it can make you such a stronger, more powerful person almost.
0: And being bitter doesn't help anyone. What's no, that saying? No. Yeah. Being- yeah. Being bitter is like drinking bleach and expecting someone else to die from it. All it does is kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But you've gone on and you're now doing some writing for a magazine, aren't you? Would you like to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I started writing for it's a magazine. It's called Mental Magazine. It's aimed primarily at students and young people. And uh, it's like a volunteer kind of thing. There's only uh, a few of us writers contributing to it, uh, but we try and contribute every week. Write some articles. Every new contributor is, is either struggling with mental health issue or has struggled in the past. And we just basically write about our experiences and um, you know put them out there. And it's, it's almost another form of therapy, almost for me at least. Um, it's a really sort of good exercise, um, just to write down how uh, you know about what I've been through, about what I'm going through, and share it with other people. You know, it's a bit different to the videos because you make it a bit longer, and we all you know have lots of different topics each week. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really it's a great magazine. I can highly recommend. I'll have to share some share some links. And it's just another way, really, of getting that message out there because I know some people either aren't on social media or maybe, you know, aren't into watching the videos, aren't on Instagram. So it's something a bit different, and people can read it on, online. It's free to access. And, um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's good because it was something that I started doing, in fact, when I was really struggling with anxiety I'd write down how I'd feel because I couldn't speak to anyone about it. So it seems a bit weird now that I've almost got back into writing. Um, because You know, I started writing because of my mental health issues and I've started writing again, but sharing it publicly and still writing about mental health issues. So, uh, so yeah, it's a really sort of positive thing. So that's been a, you know, another opportunity that sort of come up through, um, through this, through the, you know, the, the stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, it's, been good.
0: It's amazing what things do pop up when we put ourselves there, there isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it seems so strange talking about something that for years, you know, mm-hmm. the idea of talking about it would just absolutely terrify me. And, you know, I thought I'd never speak about this. This is going to be my deepest, darkest secret, and I was going to go to the grave with it. But, you know, speaking about it has, and just being open about it, I think it's really helped me and hopefully it's helped other people out there that, you know, may have may be struggling themselves. Mm-hmm. And really all I want to do is, you know, I don't want to change the world particularly, don't want to, you know, have loads of followers or anything like this. It's just if I can reach out to that one person that was just like me, struggling alone struggling in silence suffering in silence mm. if i can just be that sort of person that just gives them the confidence to reach out and get help i think i'll sort of be really yeah really happy with that and that's all i want to do really i think brilliant
2: well that's what that's what we hope for for this as yeah. well you, you help that one person and then that one person is inspired to help one person yeah. and that's all mm. it takes to get that that chain going and, and before you know it the lot of everyone's helping everyone and it's all gone you know and it makes the world a better place ultimately and makes people happier
1: yeah yeah and i think that's the one weird thing about this whole covid crisis that there's been so many negative things happening people suffering from the disease itself people really suffering you know with mental health issues because of the lockdowns and all this kind of thing but Almost from all that negativity, I'm hoping that there's going to be some positive at the end when it's all over. That people start talking a bit more about their mental health, mm. you know, realizing it's OK that they've seen so many people around them struggle and that they realize that, you know, it's OK to talk about it and that, you know, you don't have to feel judged. You don't have to, you know, feel you know, stigmatized by, by talking about it. So if the w- one thing comes out of this, more and more people are going to start talking about mental health. And hopefully then you can build up the momentum where it's on a par with physical health. People realize that mental health is just as important as your physical health. You know, if it, it's so easy when you hurt yourself physically, you don't have to explain, you know, that you've hurt your leg or you need to, uh, you know, do exercise three times a week. It's just a given. You think, well, if I want to be healthy, that's what I've got to do. But we've got to do the same thing with our mental health. It's just as important to, you know, stay healthy mentally. And the consequences of not are just as serious as, you know, physical, you know, having a physical ailment, a physical condition. You know, it's just as easy to sort of end up, you know, in the hospital or end up dying almost from a, a mental health issue. I mean, they can be that serious. I mean, you, you know, the scary thing is, I, I saw it somewhere that as a guy my age, the biggest threat to my life is myself. Mm-hmm because of suicide and that's a really scary thing to say and you know that's down to your mental health mm-hmm. it's not down to your physical health you know the majority of the time it's, it's a mental thing mm-hmm. and you know that idea terrifies me sometimes it ter- it scares me for my friends and my family thinking that you know they're almost the biggest threat to themselves mm-hmm.
0: And the only way that we're going to combat it is by talking about it. And I would yeah. say, if I see that Lee or someone out there is a risk to herself, you know what I mean? By me going over or any of us going over and asking, are you suicidal? I'm not putting the force in the red. They're not going to say, oh, you're no. bastard. I-, I wasn't before, but now you've mentioned it. I- I'm going to go and do it. That, that won't happen. But by no. you bringing it to my... Lee, are you suicidal? He might go. Yeah, by me asking him, I might have made him think about it, and I might have made him think twice about doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a scary conversation, but that conversation might have just saved a life—not just the person's life, but the people's around him's life. The poor yeah. bugger who's got to find him, the family yeah. of Lee, the fact—and there's so many different fractions of the plate that gets broken that we'll never know all of them.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. And that, and that's the thing, you know. It, as you say, it's like the ripples that come from this, and it, it affects the person who, say, commits suicide, really struggling mentally, and then the act itself will then affect so many other people mentally. And it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's so, yeah, it's so scary almost. But like you say, it's you're not going to. You know, it's okay to ask someone that, and it's better to ask them that. You know, rather than not. You know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. So, so if we can see mental health taken as seriously as you know our physical health, I think that that will be you know brilliant. Or maybe one day we will.
0: And we'll see it as another another invisib- invisible disability.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's that's what it is. I mean. You know, and I don't don't say that you know say it lightly, but and I, you know, I suppose I, I did experience it to an extent myself. But where you know, I felt like I couldn't do so many things because of my brain. Physically, I was completely all right. You know, there's nothing stopping me from going to a crowded room. There's nothing physically stopping me from getting onto a bus, but mentally, I just I couldn't do it, or I could only do it after. Putting myself through the ringer, having a panic attack, being sick, all this kind of stuff. But it but it was completely invisible. No one, no one would see it. And I, I, I know I mentioned it before when I was on the on the show, but if I had a broken leg, no one would question me getting onto the bus. They'd say, Oh, you know, you got a b- broken leg. I can see why it'd be difficult for you to get on to a bus. you, you don't have to explain yourself. But when you're struggling from you know with a mental health issue it's not obvious and it's you know no one's going to see ah they're they're struggling with you know a mental health issue i understand why they can't get on the bus everyone's just going well come on you're all right aren't you mm-hmm. and like say it's invisible well,
0: hopefully but more of us talking hopefully with the pandemic i mean when oh. we started this in 2019 it's something that all four of us the original four had suffered with but it's mm-hmm. still such a massive taboo subject here we are yeah. now in 2022 and everyone has heard of it everyone has bit have tasted it felt it it's on the news it's in being taught in schools and it's we're on the right track yeah. and in in 3 years we're a lot further than we were from like i don't know 2000 2000, 2019, so we've probably come on more in some ways in these three years than we had in the last 20.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. It shouldn't have taken, like, a global pandemic to make that happen, but it kind of has. So I think, you know, we've just got to make sure we keep that momentum going when COVID is over, because I know some people you know, may be struggling because of the lockdown, and then lockdown ends or whatever, and they think, well, it's back to normal now, so I don't have to think about that now. My mental health is all right. But then when something else happens, they're going to be in danger. If there's another lockdown or some crisis happens in their life, they're going to go back to how they were during that lockdown. So it's so important for us to sort of say, look, you know, yeah, COVID or lockdowns are finished here, but let's not forget, you know, our mental health is still really important, and let's keep that conversation going.
2: Well, well, hopefully, it will just because I think, yeah. um, children have, have, have suffered probably mm-hmm. more than we have, you know, not being able to see friends. And you know, and when I say uh, children, I mean probably up to 18 year olds where they've not yeah. been able to see friends, not been able to do that, not been able to do that. Hopefully, we've showed them the way that you can talk about these things because they've got a long life to lead, and that they, they, they can't leave, leave that, you know we're getting people of five years old or children of five years old and younger that are suffering from anxiety because of what's gone on in the lockdown, because not being able to see the family, because if they went round grand, she was going to die, you know. uh, um, And that is, although it's unfortunate that it's happened, that's going to leave a legacy with these Mm -hmm. children. So it's up Mm -hmm. to us now to to make them comfortable that they can talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And And I think that's it. And it's definitely something that I reckon, yeah, can be taught in schools and it should be taught in schools at the youngest age possible. I think that's it. it maybe a difficult conversation maybe, but, you know, I really recommend with everyone if you <clears throat> can speak to your kids or your nephews, your nieces, and just get them to get more in touch with their emotions as soon as they can. You know, it's, it's going to be like a lifelong... You know, lesson that they're gonna they're gonna make the most of for their whole lives, really.
0: Habit is another I, form. Habit is another form of PE.
1: You know, yeah, when we're getting yeah, mentally definitely.
0: strong, and if this happens, this is the tool. This is the exercise to overcome it.
1: Yeah, because you know, I wish I'd had a lot of that because I'm pretty sure a lot of my anxiety came from when I was a kid. I learned things when I was a kid. I experienced things that, you know, maybe I felt was out of my control because I didn't understand what was really going on. And that stuck. There was no one there telling me, you know, explaining what had happened, you know. I always remember a classic thing with me. And I I think this, I know that this is part of where my anxiety came from. At the seaside, watching my brother in a dinghy, going rowing out into the sea and I was, got really anxious that he was really far away the fact of the matter is he was probably only about you know, five metres away and he was completely fine but I got that anxiety building up in me and it stuck and there's no one there to sort of, you know, yeah. reassure me or ask me how I'm feeling and this kind of thing to, to get that out and part of that sort of stayed with me right up until, you know, I was an adult really. And I think that's it sometimes that you learn these things or feel these things when when you're a kid and they stick with you. And unless you, you know, can come to terms with them at a younger age, there's always that slight danger that they're going to stay there.
0: Well, it, it's got to be something for you to remember it all these mm-hmm. years. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I did a video, today, I don't know if you saw it and it's, it's so easy to frighten someone it's so difficult to stop them being scared and i think that's what the media has done such a great job of getting everyone frightened 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 with vaccines death if you're touching and you're gonna kill her but they forget it's very hard to pay everyone's mind at rest then because when yeah. you've got that that fear in your tummy that yeah. that anxiety that death 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 kill kill. my brother's gonna drown unless you got yeah. someone to put their arm around you and go it will be okay. Your brothers, yeah. you know, if it were scenario, your daddy's going to swim out and get them. There's a lifeguard there. and But if you, if all you can see is no solution and only fear, it's hard to come away from that.
1: That was exactly it. And it stayed, yeah, it really did stay with me. And it probably wouldn't have taken that much. I think my, you know, like you say, just someone to come around just go, it's all right. You, you, you Everything's going to be okay. Just getting that reassurance. And it's, it's very difficult as an adult to almost give Mm -hmm. that reassurance to this little kid that's still within you. But sometimes you've almost got to do that to, to take these things away. So yeah, I totally agree. And that's, you're so right about the media. It's so easy, especially when you're on your own, a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, by themselves, it's so easy to get caught up in that, you know, this whole cycle of fear and, you know, like say you're going to die, there's going to be this. It's no wonder there's so much anxiety and depression out there, you know, at the minute, or it's why it's grown. I, I, to-
0: I recommend don't watch the news at the minute. <laughs> I'm I, I going to that stage, you know, because I didn't want to leave behind and I was watching it three times today just in case I missed something. Is my boxing gym going to be open? Am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed? And I've gone to that stage, guys. I don't bother. I don't bother. Right we're well. Uh, and obviously, if it, the real news is, I phone him up and go, "Ezcal, have you had a good night's sleep?" Or I phone someone, and that's my news. That's my circle, and I can't change the world, but hopefully, I can make my little circle's life a bit easier. So, yeah, yeah. Do we need to see what's happening in Bangladesh? I'm sorry if anyone's from Bangladesh, because I know we've got people all around the world. But you know, do we need to see?
2: All you can't, you can't take everyone else's no. worry on, can't you? There's no. only so much yeah. you can deal with yourself. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah,
0: okay? and just think, instead of that, put something happy on. Let's put something that, that you know what I mean, make changes that we can actually change because watching yeah, yeah. all the misery from all around the world only brings misery.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, it's so true. I mean, and that's one way, you know, I sometimes when I feel my anxiety grow. I do something that I can have complete control over. Mm. It could be something as simple as like cleaning the flat or making some food or something where I know that I can control it completely Mm. because the minute you let things that you have no control over start, you know, controlling you, you're you're really going to struggle. But if you focus on, yes, something that you've got total control over, it just gives you that kind of, a bit of an anchor, really. It keeps you a bit more stable. But it's so easy not to not to do that, to get caught up in it, everything. Well, Trish, I oh, thank
0: you so much for coming on today, brother. My absolute and, pleasure. Um, before I ask you, I've, I've, I've even thought of a new question, Lee. I'm going to spice it up. But before, before we get into that, this Thursday, as we all know, we've got our radio show on Black Country Extra. So tune in, UK time, 7pm to 9pm. And this weekend, we've got Charlie Charles Dalve coming on, who's also been on our podcast. He's going to be talking about the brilliant work he's doing with Box Positive, where he's non-contact boxing uh, to work with Parkinson's and brain injury. So it's brilliant. Parkinson's very close to my home, uh, close to my heart, sorry. Uh, having people in the family with him, my granddad Bernard. You know, and so it's a very... Brilliant thing, and just showing the positive things that we can do with boxing and sport. But Justin, I'm gonna ask you two questions. First question: what advice would you give to someone out there who's suffering with their
1: anxiety? I suppose first off the bat, is tell them it's okay to feel how you're feeling. It's totally understandable. You're not alone, lots of people are in the same boat. And then I suppose, secondly, when you're ready, if you're ready speak to someone about it. doesn't have to be, you know, a doctor or anything like that. Just someone that you trust or someone that you love. And yeah, if you get the chance to, yeah, talk about how you're feeling.
0: And you might remember this a good old question from the first time you come on. Have you got any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life?
1: Uh, let's think. Um... You're never really lost when you know yourself. Well, oh, no, sorry. you never really lost when you found yourself. That's the quote.
0: Lovely, bro. Well, once again, brother. Thank you ever so much for coming on.
1: And how can people find you? So here I am on Instagram, uh, which is at speaker on anxiety. And I'm also, yeah, writing for uh, Mental Magazine, which is on Instagram as well. And that's at the Mental Magazine as well. So, anyone that wants to get in touch, please do. Always here. Brilliant, bruv.
0: Well, guys, thank you for listening. Hope everyone's out there being well, safe. And as always, if you want to reach out, you know where we are. So, until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Toraro, read.
1: Listen, listen,
0: listen. and that's a wrap for another show but if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast please be in touch there are also lots of different organizations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about please share this to spread the word until we talk next time
2: torah a bit